The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, your host for this evening each and every week as we talk about the Sport of Kings. And thank you for taking your time to join in. Each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the greatest sport. I know everybody's got March Madness on the brain, but I'm telling you what, right now, just to give you an update while you're listening and probably flicking around, Syracuse is down right now. So, not a good thing, not a good thing, but they can come back. It's just like horse racing, you know, you got good days and bad days, but the best part is you got a shot to come back. So we're looking uh, looking forward to this weekend as we do each and every weekend on Winning Ponies and especially at the races. Time is going by like a warm spring day since spring is already in the air and they're officially six Saturdays away from the run for the roses. Now that is hard to believe. I mean six Saturdays away and we're going to be playing my old Kentucky home. I mean I was looking at some sites, and, and it just really kind of had me going, and it really kind of had me thinking about, uh, you know, wow, where, where has it gone? Actually, the, the Derby Trail, I mean, it just seems like yesterday we were just kicking things off, and I was looking at something that was put out by, by uh, Churchill Downs today, and, and they have a remarkable site, and uh, you want to take a look at KentuckyDerby.com. And Kentucky Derby graded entries uh, right off the board. Uh, the top 20, uh, looking at Lucky, has got a million three and change. Second is Vale of York with uh, about a million one. Blind Luck, the Philly, 861,000. Nobles Promise, 708,000. Rule, 645,000. Icebox, winner of the Florida Derby this past weekend, 457,500. The Funny Bone, Rick Dutcher, 420,000. Devil May Care, the Philly, 364,000. Discreetly Mine, 310,000. Dublin, 273,000. Interactive, 270,000. Homeboy Chris, 250,500. And boy, you need every penny. Aconite, 218,000. 14, Make Music for Me, 215,000. And then tied Awesome Act and Conveyance, both with 210000 Radiohead, 196000 and change. Uh-oh, Bango, 187000 and change. Odysseus and Sydney's Candy, both tied with $180,000. So another prep could possibly be out there waiting in the wings. And that's the best part about it. 
because you get to watch the best races leading up in each and every week. I always say it because that is true. There is more out there than the law allows. And if you find yourself in a quandary or if you're ready to step up to the plate and pick some winners, you want to check out the sheets because they have been on fire. They're almost, almost very shy of $2 million in exotic payouts for the year. And it's not too late. It's never too late to dial up and take a look for yourself. Everything from their own speed ratings, turf ratings, change of track tabs, in full comprehensive PPs, just like the form, the program, whatever you use out there. The biggins have been smoking, as I said, almost $2 million exotic predictions for the year, and we're just getting started. Check it out. Take a look at the testimonials. Take a look at everything out there, winning ponies. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, and, and trust me, if you're not, I definitely am, because I've had a couple nice little scores. Now, you know, I'm starting to creep back in the game here. I'm playing in a couple little contests, and I'm just preparing. But let me throw some of the biggins on you. Friday, March 19th, 107 total biggins, Oakland Park Race 10, a Superfecta on this day, paid 16652 to lead the pack. Saturday, March 20th, 80 total biggins, Fonner Park, Race 11, a Superfecta key. Get this, $32,300 and... 40 cents. Nice chunk of change there. Sunday, March 21st, 96 total biggins. Turf Paradise Race 2, a super effective 5,327 even. Monday, March 22nd, 27 total biggins. Fairgrounds, the big easy. Race 10, a super effective 15,980.60. Tuesday, March 23rd. Remember, there's not a whole lot of tracks running on Tuesday, but make hay while the sun shines. Louisiana Downs race seven, three thousand three eighty two twenty, and I'll tell you what, those are some very nice pickings indeed. I say just check out the site. I think you're going to be greatly happy. What's happening tonight? We're going to do a little bit of recap. We already talked about some biggins recap of last week's races. If you were under a rock, if you were unable to make it to the races, I'm going to bring you up to speed. Our special guest this week is Turfway Park President Bob Elliston. He'll be talking about the $500,000 Lane's End Stakes at Turfway Park and the industry overall. One of racing's good guys, man of many hats, good friend. News from the world of racing, and then we finish out, as always, with handicapping with yours truly. You know what? We're going to probably clip a little bit of news from the world of racing because there are so many races. Now, Maidan in Dubai is going to be happening this weekend. It is going to be incredible. We'll, try, we'll chat with Bob a little bit about that. Maybe folks can get their bet on at Turfway Park there that are listening locally. And again, Because I do know there are a few people that actually subscribe to Winning Ponies, and one gentleman from Union, Kentucky, Maidan Post Times, the Sprint, 9.20 a.m., Godolphin Mile, 9.55 a.m., the UAE Derby, 10.35 a.m., the Dubai Golden Shaheen, 11.15 a.m. Dubai Duty Free, 11.55. Dubai Shima Classic, 12.35 p.m. And the Dubai World Cup, 1.45 p.m. Those are all Eastern time. Big money they run for. My goodness. I think you're going to want to also play a lot of closers. From what I have seen from the folks that I have talked to that actually play the circuit, you're definitely going to want to play closers. 
Let's do a little recap last week, kind of get you caught up to speed. Then we'll run into a break, and then we're going to have our special guest of the week, as we always do in segment number two. Aqueduct last week, March 20th, race number nine, Cicada Stakes, grade three. Winners of two, Liam's Dream, Hannah Napravnik, High Car Rosie. Wins by a length and a half between the ears. Checked at the break. Rail up the bid. Paying 1360 for Anthony Dutro. I believe you go back and podcast. I believe I said I love Liam's Dream. Bet a few bucks. Not enough. And the guy that's going to be on segment two, actually, he actually caught me not betting enough. Shame on me. Gulfstream race number seven on March 20th. The Bonnie Miss takes a grade two. Mount Nathan the Dirt. Winners of three, Devil May Care, Johnny V in the Irons, winning by two and three-quarter lengths, shied from the whip down the stretch, paying 16-20 for a Todd Squad Pletcher. Seems like he has horses everywhere. He just doesn't have enough, does he? My goodness, is this guy going to be ready and on fire? Gulfstream Park, race number eight, the Rampart Stakes, grade three, a mile and eighth on the dirt. Winners the eight, unrivaled Bell Kent, Sleepy DeSormo, wins by a length and three-quarters, inside fully extended, paying 580 for Billy Mott. Gulfstream Park, race number nine, the Appleton Stakes, grade three, seven and a half. On the turf, winners the one, Society's chairman, Jose Lescano, one of the most underrated riders, especially on the weeds. Wins by a, a crisp head, swinging out just up at the wire, 14.20 for Roger Atfield from Canada. Gulfstream Park, race 10, Swale Stakes, grade two, seven on the dirt, Winner, Da Funny Bone, the seven, Edgar Prado in the irons, winning by a length and a quarter. Paying $3 for Dick Dutrow. Dick said that he would have ran him in the Florida Derby had he known that Escanera was not going to run. Hmm. The only reason I mention that is to actually take a big look at Da Funny Bone. Then we go into the race 11 at Gulfstream, the Florida Derby, grade one, a mile and an eight on the dirt. Winner, number eight, Icebox, Jose Lescano, winning by a dirty nose, swinging out just up at the wire over Pleasant Prince. Icebox playing 43-40 for Nick Zito. Congratulations, Nick. You got a hot one running towards the first Saturday in May. Oakland Park race eight, the Hot Springs Stakes. Six on the dirt, winners the eight country day. Brian Hernandez winning by a length and a quarter, relishing the going, or paying $16 for Steve Margolis. This guy kills him at fairgrounds. Now he's killing an Oakland. He knows no limits. Oakland Park race 10, the prima donna stakes, six on the dirt. Winner's the one hot Dixie chick, Robbie Alvarado, between the years, paying $2.40. Mm, chalk. You gotta love it for Stevie Asmussen. There's a guy that has a million and seven horses, and they all do well. Santa Anita race four. On the 20th of March, the Irish O'Brien Stakes, six and a half. On the downhill turf, winner is the deuce. Unzip me. Rafael Bejarano wins by a head. Squeezed at the start, ran game down the stretch, 720 to win for Martin Jones. And then you have Santa Anita, race number eight, the San Luis Ray, grade two, mile and a half on the turf. Winner is the three, Bourbon Bay. Rafael Bejarano once again for the big money, $150,000 by two and a half lengths. Actually ran a little race at a track that I work for. The River Downs, Bourbon Bay, coming out of the Cradle Stakes. Bid, lead, 380 to win for Neil Drysdale. So that kind of gets you up to speed. And don't forget, Final Future Book begins on Friday. This is 
can you believe it? We're already in Future Book Wager 3, and it goes until Sunday at 6 o'clock. You can get it at any track, OTB online. You can always jump into the game. We'll run down a little later on some of the odds and the runners that are actually going to be taking part. Trust you me, it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter, and there's still plenty of value to be had. Well, it is time to head out to our first break. And when we return, we're going to be talking to our special guest of the week, Turfway Park President Bob Elliston, here on Winning Ponies. Well, I walk into the room, passing out hundred-dollar bills, and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar double round the crown and every. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to tune in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, 
depending on which side of the coast you live on, and I think you know by now, it's either left and or right. It either starts at 8 o'clock or 5 o'clock. But we thank you for taking your time to be with us each and every Tuesday. Speaking of a gentleman that's taking his time, he is an avid horse player. He is Turfway Park president and is our second segment. That only means one thing. It is time for our special guest of the week, and Winning Ponies is pleased and honored to have on Turfway Park president, Mr. Bob Ellison. Bob, are you there? Hey, Eddie. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for taking the time, Bob. I know you're a very busy man, especially this week. Now, wait a minute. You, you introduced me as an avid horse player. You didn't say I was an avid good horse player. So I'm going <laughs> to take goes, a little exception there. I, I mean, you know, you can't be an avid horse player without being good some days, right? <laughs> you can be pretty stupid like I am. <laughs> <laughs> Even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> well, Bob, thanks so much for taking your time out this week to, to join us and uh, to enlighten us about the uh, the big doings at a Turfway Park. You know, for the many people that have actually uh, been watching the Turfway Signal, it actually culminates uh, just like the big boys at Gulfstream, Santa Anita, New York. There's a $500,000 race that's going to be in store. We'll get to that here shortly. But you have been on before, and you've kind of chatted with our listeners. If you wouldn't mind just refreshing our memory a little bit, and especially our listeners' memory, how a lad from Kentucky made his way into the sport of kings. Well, pretty lucky, I think. You know, I grew up in central Kentucky, uh, um, uh, south of uh, Lexington and Richmond, but uh, I started working in Frankfurt out of college. My wife worked in uh, Lexington, and we, we lived in Versailles in horse country, and every day before I'd go to work, I'd, I'd slip over to Keeneland and watch the horses train uh, at 6, 6.15 in the morning, just got hooked on it. Obviously, every kid going to uh, college in that area liked to find Fridays uh, some education uh, on the mean streets of uh, Keeneland race course in uh, April and October, and I just fell in love with it, and then uh, owned a few cheap horses. As a matter of fact, I uh, first horse I ever had uh, broke his maiden at your home track at River Downs there by ten, and and I was doubly hooked. And uh, then the opportunity came about uh, in late '99 uh, when a new ownership interest acquired Turfway, and I was uh, investment banker in the market and uh, loved the horses, and it just you know, it's like a kid growing up in the shadow of Crosley Field working for the Reds. For me, uh, working in the horse industry has just been a dream. And, in fact, you've uh, definitely uh, put your thumbprint on the racing game. But I have a couple of questions. One, is there such a thing as 6.15 in the morning? <laughs> well, because, well, you know, well, it, my clock, uh, evidently, there's not. And to stop at, uh, they didn't have any Starbucks back then, but I found <laughs> every bit of uh, White Castle coffee I could put in myself. I understand, and now I'm, I'm going to see if I can actually just pull one out of my hat. Did Gene Sipas, the, uh, the the wonderful rider on the Ohio circuit, did he actually break your maiden that day? He actually did. A horse named Northern Crook, uh, morning line ten to one. He went off at three to five and won by ten. The word uh, got out, probably. That I mean, was a sure thing I hear. <laughs> you know, it, it is. You know. It, I knew Gene for a number of years, and he was he was a great rider and a good choice there. But you know, the, probably the word got out ten to one when you have the right horse and, the, and a solid trainer, and uh, you know the word gets out. Some might say the parking lot had that one. <laughs> you know, I, I've often heard that sometimes you get it out of the valet. The valets, you know, they know uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, sometimes you get it from the hot dog vendors, the parking lot. It, it, it's always the little guys, Bob, and that's just <laughs> the way that the world works. I hear you. This Saturday, the 39th running of the Lane's End, $500,000. It is a rite of spring in northern Kentucky. Can you tell us a little bit how this race came about? 
Yeah, actually, uh, you know, it, it goes back to some of the origins of, of Latonia, uh, the, the, the new Latonia, not back in the day uh, uh, Latonia Derby stuff, but, but that name, Battaglia. Everybody, every one of your listeners knows it. Uh, uh, Mike Battaglia, of course, has been calling races. Uh, as you said today at the poster all lunch, he's seen or called every single one of the 39 editions. This will be the 39th edition of the Lane's End. But it was really his father, John Battaglia, that made it happen. He, uh, back in, back in the early 70s, he said, you know, we need, we're in a good posi- position on the calendar. We need to do something, uh, in this important market like Greater Cincinnati is to, to, to start something let's let's get these young horses these three-year-olds who are just starting to to come about and let's let's see if they'll spiral up to the to the derby and that's what he he where he started it now the big break was 1983 wayne lucas a young wayne lucas uh making his bones brought a horse named marfa in there and marfa won the 11th running of that race and then was the favorite for the derby and and that I think legitimized the race, but it was all the brainchild of of John Battaglia, and so we're we're certainly standing on his shoulders these days. It's hard to believe uh, it was in 1972 that he envisioned uh, uh, definitely a visionary in, in the game, uh, a blue collar visionary because he, he knew what the people liked and wanted and uh, needed, and he knew what the area needed. A race that actually spiraled up to the first Saturday in May, and hence the spiral stakes has changed name a few times, but. The Lane's End is where it sits now for $500,000. I mean, you're attracting some of the premier horses from the country. Well, you look at, look at the connections. Uh, Darley, Windstar, um, Ken and Sarah Ramsey on the, um, on the owner's side. Then you start running down these trainers, uh, Mott, Pletcher, uh, Mike Maker, uh, Owen Hardy, Steve Asmussen. I mean, uh, even John Sadler sending one in from the West Coast. I mean, when you put five hundred buck, five hundred thousand on the line, you're going to draw some folks in, and and we got the great connections, and I think we got some very legitimate horses. We got graded stake winners in here. We got uh, um, stakes place horses. We got, I think, one only one horse is eligible, or maybe two horses are eligible for uh, non-winners. Other than everybody else has been very legitimate. Uh, as early as it is still in the year. As with every major race, Turfway Park goes all out with a VIP area, and as well as just the general folks like myself, we can get in and enjoy the races. It's got a little bit for everybody, and it even has like a Churchill Downs flare where they have the men's julep. Turfway Park even has their own adult libation. <laughs> yeah, you know, they call it the Lane's Inn, but it's affectionately known as the Green Drink. Uh, and um, I'm not sure that's because it's obviously brilliantly green with what they put all in it, but if you drink many of them, you're going to feel pretty green the next morning. So uh, <laughs> I try to steer clear. I don't get to get there till uh, after the feature, uh, and by then maybe a glass of red wine is going to just make me just sleepy enough to fall, fall, fall down on the couch when I get to the house. <laughs> Hard work is justly, uh, justly rewarded. Bob, big doings. Uh, broadcast schedule, the road to the Kentucky Derby begins with the Turfway Park uh, Lane's End Stakes. I mean, I think that's some, uh, some big doings on the USA Network from 5 to 6. Yeah, we're coupled up with the Louisiana Derby, so you got a double there that's just incredible. 500,000 race at our place, 30 minutes later, uh, 750,000 down there at, uh, at the fairgrounds, um, and, and all on USA Network. And this is the first of three programs that uh, NBC, which owns the USA Network, and Churchill Downs are putting together to really showcase six 
major prep races for the Derby. And, and so there'll be two this Saturday, two the following Saturday, and two the following Saturday after that. And, and you're, you're going to see the big ones. Lanes in um, the the uh, Louisiana Derby, the Wood, Santa Anita Derby, the Arkansas and the Bluegrass. I mean, folks are going to punch their ticket for certain in the next three weeks, and they're going to do it uh, as part of this television series. I think it's a great marketing uh, ploy that actually you start getting people uh, revved up and you start ramping them up, and the race is just, uh, they're, they're large unto themselves, but they just kind of ramp up and they get bigger and bigger, and there's more on the line, and it's kind of hard to steer clear of it. It's like uh, March Madness, per se. I mean, every game is important, but as you get a little closer, you get more people drawing a little more attention. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it, and it's actually something you and I know have talked off offline about, and that is how do we, um, who love this sport, make sure it is relevant? How it, how how can we make sure that we are considered a major league sport, like football and basketball and hockey and and some of these other sports? And I think one of the things that our industry has lacked for for many years is we haven't taken advantage of television. <clears throat> We've not committed the resources we need to, and you can't really, uh, you, you know. Set your watch by the fact that every Friday, Saturday afternoon at 5 o'clock you go here and you're going to find the best racing in the country. TVG has done a good job with it. HRTV has done a good job with it. But it really hasn't reached the casual fan to turn them into to crazy nuts like you and me. And I think uh, as a sport, we owe it to the sport to commit our resources, commit a good racing schedule, and not just do it for three weeks out of the year leading up to the Derby, but let's do it all year long. So, uh, so your fans and other fans that, and, and guys that want to be fans know where to go to see the best in racing in the country. Agreed, and I'm glad you threw in there you besides just me so I don't feel so lonesome that I'm the only, uh, only horse enthusiast. But you know what? I know that I'm not alone because there's plenty of people out there, so I know I'm not the only crazy person that loves the sport of kings. And actually, uh, that, in fact, that's what it is on, at any level because there's no more excitement than pageantry. It's not like watching many sports where you're just kind of sitting back and it's there. When you're at the racetrack, the sights, the smells, I mean, they just grab you when you walk into the gate, and uh, it, it, you really feel a part of something. I mean, you go to a baseball game, you sit down in your seat, you're, you're drinking your soda and your, and your popcorn, you're just there and you're just kind of observing, which is fun, but when you walk into the races, I mean, it just grabs you. Yeah, anywhere. I mean, you you can go to any venue in the country, and uh, and you can get a you can get a smile on your face uh, running into some of the characters that you run into. At the same time, you can find incredible sporting venues like uh, you go to the shore, Monmouth, uh, uh, during a summer meet, or you go out to Santa Anita, or even a little little bitty. Bar. I, heck, I love going to River Downs in the afternoon on a Friday. Uh, that beautiful golf. Uh, it looks like a golf course, the, the manicured turf course out there, looking at the river behind it. Uh, that's the thing. In many great communities across the country, uh, you're going to find these hidden gems of the racetracks, and, and it's just made up of lots and lots and lots of characters, and, uh, and that's what sports is all about. It's very picturesque, and uh, you know we're we're very spoiled. I'm very spoiled by by working there, and I was also very spoiled by working in Turfway Park and and coming under the tutelage of many, uh, including yourself, that have kind of guided me along the the ways of racing. The, the handicapping, uh, the bad part, was all on my own, but uh, some of the other portions <laughs> that I I picked up along the way. Bob, changing gears, in addition to being the president of Turfway Park, you currently serve on other racing boards and hold many other hats in the sport of kings. Yeah, probably the most uh, 
most time consuming, but it but it's uh, I think in many respects some of the most worthy time that I spend. Uh, matter of fact, we've got a board meeting tomorrow in Lexington. That's uh, that's the National Thoroughbred Racing Association. Uh, I'm I'm the chairman of that board, and uh, uh, they're doing incredible things. They're uh, you know chief among them are they're representing the interest of of the horse industry in Washington. In D.C., and that, by that I mean the tracks, the horsemen, and, and more than anything recently, the horse player. Uh, we're up there fighting right now for uh, proper tax treatment of those wagers. You know, we we are adversely positioned relative to casino wagers in terms of what the, what the federal government withholds on taxes, uh, and so we're actively pushing that in D.C. Um, and I think your listeners uh, would appreciate that. We're also talking about the code of standards, where uh, an accrediting tracks across the country. Uh, to ensure that uh, the manner in which they conduct their business is of the utmost integrity and the folks who wager and participate in the racing at those tracks can be confident about how things are going. So, yeah, I really enjoy the, the work of the NTRA, and uh, they're doing great things and, uh, and paying dividends for the industry. And in fact, uh, the players, as you, you alluded to, that they do have a voice, and it is being heard. When you talked about the tax structure, if you're our player, you can you have to pay Mr. IRS, the tax man, anything above six hundred and two dollars, I believe. You have to fill out a form, and uh, you'll be uh, sent a due notice. Uh, that in fact you did uh, you did accumulate uh, monies earned, and I think that so many other players have always examined one the takeout rates at, at different tracks, which I know is always a sensitive subject, and two the tax structure and and how it's actually. Personally, I would like to keep more money in the players' pockets. You know, it affects the churn at the track, which leads to more money actually handled, which leads to bigger purses. It benefits the horsemen. It benefits the track. It's kind of a cyclical procedure that if you actually keep the dollars in the players' pockets, it only pays for, pays for everybody. Eddie, there's a, there's a huge differential on that very point that exists in the law right now. If you not only does do you have to pay uh, the tax man, as the Beatles called him, um, you know when you hit 602, but if you cash for five thousand dollars and you hit some of them tries and supers you were talking about earlier, folks are going to do that pretty often. And when you do, they actually withhold money right then and there. They take the money out of your pocket and you can't churn it. If you're at a casino, it doesn't happen until you get to ten thousand. So. Literally, um, we're 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 at a fifty percent discount to what you see at casinos in terms of keeping the money in the in the uh, wagers' hands, let them continue to participate, versus take it out and send it to DC and let them hold it on hold on to it until you send your return in on on April fifteenth. I can't agree with you more. And I first started as a fan, and I've worked in the industry for quite some time, and and I've remained a fan throughout and. It's always been it's always been a, a sore spot for me, and I do agree. And it seems like the casinos have have more of an edge than just that. But that's that's a, a whole another topic. But I would rather keep it, keep the money into the players' hands. If you gave me the option, I would rather uh, square it up at the end of the year, uh, as I'm sure the casinos uh, uh, make their uh, make their run and uh, when, when they actually send their tax information. I'd rather square up at the end of the year, and I'd rather keep the money churning. It would keep me in the game longer and and I'm just an average fan. Bob Turfway Park, located in the freeze-thaw zone of northern Kentucky, and you're one of the innovators of the synthetic revolution. What are some of the problems that Polytrack has taken away from your business? 
Well, I mean, um, we're a perfect situation for the installation of PolyTrack uh, because, as you know, and some of our uh, long your listeners who've been participating in our racing for a long time know, uh, that freeze-thaw line that occurs right in this Ohio Valley uh, creates a real problem for winter racing. Often days um, would would it'd be a beautiful uh, forty-five degree day, sunny out, and we'd have to cancel racing because a track that was frozen the week before when it was thirty-two degrees would start to unthaw and it became very unsafe and we would lose literally weeks at a time this year we've lost two days of racing and the reason we did is because we got a foot of snow and couldn't get it off until uh, uh, the, the latter part of that second day but uh, the surface has been incredibly beneficial to us um, you know, just recently, within the last actually couple of days, the Jockey Club has released some national statistics as it relates to uh, uh, the catastrophic breakdown rate uh, on average in the country. I think they're saying um, out of 81 racetracks, um, which I think is about 86% of the total racing that's conducted in the country, um, about a little over two horses per thousand uh, is the breakdown rate, which is a small number. And so you think about that, 998 horses um, um, continue on and do well and, and do it safely. But, but for example, at Turfway, uh, our rate's about 1.2 horses. So it's been a much r- safer racing surface for us, uh, and it compares favorably to the national, national uh, statistics. I realize it's not for everybody, and I realize that there are great uh, – dirt surfaces out there, but for Turfway, it's been a no-brainer. You know, you, you alluded to uh, safety. It seems like anyone that has picked up any magazine, any article, anything online, safety has been first foremost paramount in the game, and it, it's become, it's not your grandfather's game by any means. It's not what it was in 1950. There are so many, uh, a safety rail, the, the, the helmets, the flak jackets, there are so many uh, runs that have been made to take every precaution for both rider, horse, and and everyone involved in the game. That safety is is paramount. It, that it, just like with any professional sport, even more so in my opinion, that they've really stepped up the game. Well, we start with with a basic um, difficulty, and that is these are these are very big animals, twelve hundred pound animals that are running on ankles like you and I have. And, and that, that means at some point there are going to be injuries. Um, and, and, and so I don't, I don't go into this with a Pollyannish view that we can eliminate them. But, but where I come from is let's evaluate everything. Let's, let's try to find the root causes of some of these and, and make efforts when we know what's right, like on toe grabs or on safety rails, um, to, to lessen the, the possibilities then I feel much better about that. And I think uh, everybody in the industry has a responsibility as a steward of the game to do what they can to minimize that situation for these beautiful animals. We're never going to get to zero, but daggone it, we ought to try as much as we can because uh, that's the expectation uh, in major sports, that you're doing all you can for the, for the safety of the, the, the combatants in those races. And, in fact, a whole lot of ground has been made up, and, and only the future will will make it even that much that much better safer and uh, more of a when you get as close to zero as you possibly can i i think it's uh, it's quite an achievement and bob uh, you know just on, just on a side note every horseman that i've actually spoke to uh, from the cheapest to some of the big level they feel that their horses come back tighter and more ready 
and they're they're in better shape actually even those that just train on poly they may have to ship out because they're of a little cheaper quality but in fact they feel like their animals are tight and in shape and and, and again i i i um, I am not a person who says synthetics or all weathers are the answer every single place. There are great dirt tracks out there, uh, and and I have no problem whatsoever whatsoever with legitimate racing on all weather surfaces, on dirt surfaces, and on turf. Uh, and and you see people. I just saw Wesley Ward's horse ran a big race uh, this past weekend, of course, and picking up the you know his his uh, ticket punch for the derby and what do you say he's going to keeneland he's going to train that horse right up to the derby uh at keeneland because that surface was very kind as you said in preparation for horses he's had in the past as well uh, wesley ward nice guy uh, he was an incredible apprentice rider back in the day that just goes to show you how long i've been actually watching them but uh, he was actually a, a fine little apprentice rider in california bob this year turfway park dropped back to a three-day-a-week schedule and and how did your track do with the, quote, less is more theory over this time? Well, I think it was by necessity. Um, we, we continue, um, as, as our friends in Ohio continue to do, and, and we, we are in competitive disadvantages with other states like Indiana and West Virginia and Pennsylvania who, who supplement their purses uh, and, uh, with, with slot revenues, and therefore they're very attractive to horsemen to, to bring their horses there. So we did it by necessity. Uh, we wanted to take our horse population and maximize it to the best we can. Every single person that's listening to your show, Eddie, is, knows, understands the value of full fields. And uh, that's where we wanted to go. And actually, it worked out great for us. We saw our field size uh, in uh, January and February jump 1.2 horses per race. I mean, that's huge to add 1.2 horses per race. Now, in, in uh, March, uh, it was up about um, half of a horse, not quite that 1.2, but we had the open, reopening of Mountaineer and uh, Hawthorne about that time that probably took some of those horses away. So for us, it, it worked. Uh, ideally, um, you know, we, we'll continue to pursue that. We're going we're gonna to evaluate the whole experience this year um, and make a determination uh, if, if it's where we need to be in 2011. On that note, though, I'm very interested in seeing uh, it, it being uh, dealt with on a much, much greater scale, and that's the Monmouth experience that's coming up, you know, where they're going to three-day race week um, uh, for 50 days, but they're going to be given a million dollars a day away. Uh, and, and that's going to that's gonna be really interesting to see what happens there because that's really what's, what, what is driving significant handle and participation in the Far East in places like Hong Kong and Japan, that kind of schedule and those huge numbers uh, in terms of purses. You know, it seemed like that was the part of our conversation. I'm going to say back in early November when we last had you on as our special guest, when I brought up to you, we would less be more, and in my opinion, actually when there was three days, I tended as a fan to focus even that much more. You know, it was, it was, I appreciated the five days, but when you actually, it was, uh, you, you took away a few of the presents. I, I, I had two more last days to actually play. I enjoyed and I focused even that much more. And then when there were 12 horses and more in many races, I found myself really digging in as a fan that, you know, this is value because a 5-2 to two shot now becomes 3-1 to one, if not higher. 
Yeah, and, and then you get in your, into the exotics and your triples and your and your supers uh, um, really start to produce some some big payoffs. Um, and we saw it. Our our average daily wagering was up about eighteen percent uh, in January and February. So the very point you make uh, is dead accurate. Folks spent more time concentrating their resources on those days, and they participated more on those days. Now we gave up, you know, one two days a week, um, and and so on a on a cumulative basis we didn't handle as much. But on the days we raced, compared to those same days, our handle was up about eighteen percent in terms of all sources. Eighteen percent up is incredible news, especially. When uh, Joan Lawrence uh, sent out the uh, memo and was talking February versus February of uh, from 10 to 09, and uh, I believe it was around 18% down as an industry. So I mean, any time that you can have that uh, that uh, that positive uh, sign, yeah, take it wherever you can get it. You were doing something right, and Turfway Park was making a move in the the right direction. Bob, back to your NTRA hat. Uh, the industry as a whole is down, as, as I just alluded to. Tracks cutting dates, meets, and in some cases, the doors. Where do you envision racing heading in the next five to ten years? Well, it looks like uh, Bob dropped right there, but he's going to be joining us here, and uh, he'll be uh, calling us right back in. So, in fact, we will, we will pick that back up. That, that you can bet on because, actually, uh, Bob Elliston has been a, a president that he's, he's kind of a hands-on president. He's, he's not the type of guy that actually would, you know, just uh, designate that you, you go ahead and take care of this or you, you work this or you did it. Bob cares about every facet and every job at the track, and that's why I found him to be a riveting guest and, and someone that actually uh, I appreciate uh, his insight. I had the pleasure of working for uh, Mr. Elliston at Turfway Park, and, and anything that I actually learned from that I, I've tried to take with me. And uh, every, uh, every employer that I've worked for, I've tried to take uh, some of the best that they have to offer and, uh, and employ it into the world of racing. Welp, it is time to head out to a break. Hopefully we can get Bob back for another word or two. Well, I think we do right now. Bob, are you there? Sorry about that, Eddie. Technology, I've got to figure that technology thing out. <laughs> you know, if you make the uh, squirrels run in a uh, circle inside there, the phone will not shut down. <laughs> I wish I could. See, my problem is I can't afford batteries to keep the handset <laughs> charged. <laughs> but, you know, Bob, we, we, were just, uh, we were talking just really briefly, and, and I'll wind it up with just one or two and finishing this one one more, as I know you're a very busy man, and I appreciate your time as well as all of us do. Where do you envision racing heading in the next five to ten years? Well, if we're going to appeal to a new fan base, we, we're fortunate to have a solid core group of folks who support our racing now and support us uh, not only in terms of buying horses and, but, but coming to the, to the windows and wagering on those horses as well. But if we're going to be relevant to a new audience, we're going to have to make this sport uh, appealing and entertaining to a broader audience. And that means uh, reaching them in new channels, and I think there's some movement there uh, in terms of the Internet and smartphones. But we're also going to have to get back to what we were talking about earlier, and that is find a place for them to go. Uh, have a show uh, every single week uh, where where the fans can go and expect to have the very best racing for that week. And uh, 
Uh, we've got three weeks of it leading up to the Derby here, and I'd love to see that branded all year round. And maybe you add a, a significant wagering opportunity, national wager to that, so folks can uh, can make a big you know big hit on on participating. Things like that, I think, is where we're going to have to go as a sport to be relevant. I agree, and and. The only reason I agree is because it's nothing but the truth. And and I'm so glad that we have people at the helm that actually see and hear and understand what the, from the common folk to the, quote, whales want in our industry. And to have you uh, at the helm of Turfway Park has, has led them into a new and innovative time. And then to, to be on the board of the NTRA, I feel that, you know, actually the players have a voice. And, and I know that's something that, uh, as you, uh, you spoke about, the early mornings in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, watching horses work. That's something that just doesn't leave you. Bob, I, I need to ask you just one more question, and I will turn you loose. That, I promise. For the many students, fans, and folks out there making their way into the racing world, what words of advice or guidance would you offer them? Um, quit drinking. <laughs> Do something <laughs> else. That Get that out of your butt and go into that, banking. Okay. No. I understand. I uh, know. What... Uh, <laughs> You know, I think it's it's a it's you're gonna it's you got to be passionate about it. It's in this sport or whatever. If if you're passionate about uh, being a truck driver, then you're going to do it well. And uh, and I think that's part of it here as well. If you if you like to meet people, if you like to meet lots of different kinds of people, and and you're not you're not afraid to put you know twelve fourteen hours in a day sometimes if it's necessary, you 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 can fall in love with this job. And uh, I think folks that are successful in any walk of life, it starts with the fact that they love what they're doing. Uh, so if you're a fan of, of the sport, then then maybe follow your passion and follow your your interest, and and, and that'd be a good recipe. If you're not. Uh, you know, you might want to go to CPA school or something. There's, there's always Barber College. <laughs> there's always, you know, Bob. I, I always tell many people they'll ask me, Anna, what do you like the track yet? And I said, every time my key hits the door, I don't regret being there. Yeah. Bob, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for taking a mucho part of your time, especially this busy week for you to be with us this evening. We wish you and yours the best on and off the track. And I'd like to personally thank you, Bob, for all of your time and insight. Always a pleasure, Eddie. You do a great service to, to the show and, and uh, enjoy seeing you around town. And uh, uh, anything I can ever do for you or do for Winning Ponies, you just give me a holler. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate your time. You, Bob Ellison, President of Turfway Park, Man of Racing. Hope you caught that because it was definitely worthwhile. All right, time to head out to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking some final furlong handicapping, but you're only going to get it if you stay here to Winning Ponies. Make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. It's final for long handicapping time here. We've got about five strong minutes, but I'm going to let you know about Kentucky Derby future book wager number three, Aconite 50 to 1, Alfie's Bet 15 to 1, Awesomeac 15 to 1, Cara Cortado. Spanish for Scarface, 20 to 1. Connemara, 20 to 1. The favor for the Lane's End. Conveyance is 20 to 1. Discreetly Mined, 20 to 1. Dublin is 15 to 1. Escondaria, 5 to 1. Homeboy Chris, 50 to 1. Icebox, 12 to 1. Interactive, 20 to 1. Jackson Ben, 30 to 1. Looking at Lucky, 6 to 1. Make Music for Me, 30 to 1. Noble's Promise, 12 to 1. Odysseus, 20 to 1. Pleasant Prince, 20 to 1. Rule is 20 to 1. Schoolyard Dreams is 30 to 1. Sydney's Candy, 15 to 1. Super Saver, 20 to 1. Tempted to tap it, 50 to 1. And all other three year olds, make them 8 to 1. Remember, you got Friday until Sunday at 6 to get your wager down on wager number three for the Kentucky Derby Future Book. All right, let's do some speed handicapping here on Final Furlong. We got ourselves about four and a half minutes here. We're going to go to the Dubai World Cup Carnival, and we're going to go with the second at Maidan. And if you're going to play races there, play nothing but closers. Second at Maidan is a six furlong straightaway, and is for a million crisp dollars there. Six furlongs in a straightaway. And I like the 5R Giant, 9 to 2, Kevin Shea, and the Irons for Michael DeCook. And 2 for 2 at the distance on the turf. I see R Giant, the Australian bred, getting all 
you want. Third race of Maidan, another million-dollar race, and they are just full of them over there. They're going to go a mile in the Godolphin Mile. And in here, I like Desert Party, 2-1. to one. Lanfranco de Torre are the flying Frankie de Torre for Saeed Bensuor here. One for one at Maidan. If you like the track, you're going to like it on this day because they are going to roll. Fourth at Maidan, and they're going to run for $2 million here in the UAE Derby. I like the five men dip. Frankie DeTore is going to have one hell of a day. Two for two at Maidan, and I think men dip really just takes it to them on this day. Fifth race at Maidan, I like the eight Gallego in the Dubai Golden Shaheen. And they're running for $2 million here. Once again, Lanfranco DeTore here for Saeed Ben Sour. It looks like it's going to be their day all around. The sixth race at Maidan, a mile and an eighth of Dubai duty free. I go to the 15th, and the 15th horse, and I'm telling you what, Precipice is really looking good to me, especially at 4-1. to one. So number 15 in the 6th at Maidan. The 7th at Maidan, a mile and a half at Dubai Shima Classic. $5 million up for crabs. I mean, that is just flat out incredible. I like the 13 Spanish Moon. Six for your one. Sir Michael Stout is the trainer here after they shipped him from Hong Kong to back in the uh, Breeders' Cup race. That is Spanish Moon in the seventh race at Maidan. Race number eight, a mile and a quarter, the Dubai World Cup, the richest race in the world, $10 million. I like the two. Gatino Hernando, Kieran Fallon, the boxing Kieran Fallon. And if you read this past week, he got into a little scrape with one of his owners. But I see Kieran Fallon getting down on his belly and riding for the big money, $10 million at the brand-new Maidan track in Dubai. We're going to run along here, and we're going to shoot you some winners here. At the fifth at Gulfstream, seven furlongs in the Sir Shackleton. I like the four gentlemen, James with Joe Bravo and Marty Wilson. The eighth race at Santa Anita, the mile and a half Tokyo City Handicap. I go no further than Eagle Poise, the two. And then the eighth race at Fairgrounds, the mile and eighth New Orleans. And I go to the sixth, hold me back, Kenta Sormo, winner of last year's Lane's End for Belmont, eight for your one. And then we're going to skip right on to Fairgrounds race number 10, the Louisiana Derby. I like the five, a little warm. David Cohen, who's been tearing New York apart for Anthony Dutro. I see getting all the candy there. There are plenty of undercard races at Turfway Park. The fifth race, the Queens stakes, $50,000. Plenty of place in here. I like the one, Rinterville, Ben Creed, graduate of Chris McCarron's uh, uh, Racing Academy in, in Lexington, Kentucky. I love Rinterville along the rail, going six furlongs in the Queen. The six races, six furlongs, the $50,000 Hansel stakes. I like the eight in here, and that is Strapping Groom. On to the seventh at Turfway, and I like the seven orchestrator. And if you take a look at orchestrator, Alex Solis and Kenny McPeak getting the job done. Eighth race, the rush away, $100,000. I like the seven in the paint. Chris DiCarlo and Kellen Gordner teaming up together and then rounding out my big plays for Turfway Park. Here is the one, and that is Connemara. Russell the Muscle Base, Todd Pletcher, one for one at Turfway Park, coming out of the El Camino Real Derby, and four for four in the money. I just don't know if this three-year-old son of Giants Causeway is going to go derby bound, but I see him going winter circle bound 
on Saturday in the $500,000 lanes in in the ninth race. That is the one, Connemara. Well, time flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing, as it always does. Winning Ponies would like to thank our special guest of the week, Turfway Park President Bob Elliston, and you for taking the time for tuning in. So until next week, enjoy your weekend, and may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.